Well, it's Friday and it's week seven, and the next week is what? Spring break. And you know what makes today, and especially this chapel. It makes this day in this chapel the most difficult day to find a guest preacher who will come in and preach to a congregation of students who, for the most part, you're not even here. I mean, you're here physically. But most of you uh, are not here mentally because we're thinking about spring break. And that's okay. And I want to say that's okay. Spring break is a necessity in the midst of a semester where we need a break. We need a decompression. And we need to do something differently uh, so that we can be recharged related to, you know, coming back and really giving it our all when we, when we come back. So I, if, you, if, you are, if you're struggling to pay attention in chapel today, I, I get it. I understand it. I'm also not here right now. I mean here physically, but I'm thinking about my spring break. You want to know what I'm going to do for spring break? I'm getting on an airplane later today, and I'm flying to California. But I'm not going to the beach. I'm not going to Hollywood. I'm not going anywhere really pizzazzy. But I'm going to spend the next six days in California, Arizona, and I'm going to Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And I'm going to be visiting friends of our school, donors of our school, and I'm going to be telling them how awesome you guys are and why their investment to North Central is really paying huge dividends in your lives and so I'm going to be going and talking uh, North Central to a lot of donors. And so pray for me. Pray for donors. Pray for them to continue to be generous. So many, many people that you would never even know about give monthly, give annually. They give big dollars. They give dimes and dollars. And there are a lot of people that are helping to make this college education possible for you. And I get to go visit a handful of them. And if any of you are from Discover Church in Oak Creek, I'll be at youth group next Wednesday night preaching to the teenagers there. It'll be fun. Fun, fun, fun. Well, as you think about spring break, I think about the need for us to take a little bit of a break. And I think about having some fun. And I love having fun. I mean, I love a good party. And speaking of parties, I loved Battle of the Floors last Saturday night. Now, it doesn't hurt that I broke all world records for the standing ovation in my, my Academy Award cameo performance. It was so much fun. And we do those things. I mean, Carolyn Tennant, many, many years ago, said to herself as the dean of students, I mean, this was decades and decades ago, as she was the dean of students, she would say, man, we, these students are working so hard and the intensity of their studies, we need to give them something to release some, some tension and some steam. And so she dreamed up that whole idea of battle of the floors and every year, it just gets more and more creative uh, because you need it. You need that break. And that's why we do things like midnight breakfast, uh, you know, the last night before finals in the, in the you know, fall semester, and why we do other things like fall block party. There, there are, there's need in our lives when we have been giving so much to some effort that we need a little bit of a reprieve, a little bit of a break because to sustain the educational momentum that challenges you, we need to be able to have like a spring break. You need some well-planned and spontaneous events that are fun. And why is that? So that you can continue the, the fight, the battle, the journey of this education that I know sometimes it's stretching you. I know sometimes it's challenging you. I know that some of you feel like it's almost like it's crushing you. You don't know how you're going to get through it. 
whether it be the academic challenge or just life challenges in the midst of being a student here at North Central. How do we sustain the momentum that we get going in this, in this educational journey? So the title of the message is in conjunction with all of the messages that I've been bringing this academic year from the book of Philippians. I find myself in the middle of chapter 3 of the book of Philippians, and uh, the title of the message is Joy in 100%. The series is called Joy in Jail. Paul is writing to the church in Philippi from prison. He's in a bad situation, but he's got all this joy in the midst of the difficulties. And he says something in this third chapter that I'm going to show to you in just one little verse that just speaks to me about the need to, to be focused on giving it 100%, which involves having some fun and some break time and some downtime. But it's all for the purpose of maintaining our momentum in giving it our very best. So look at with me, Philippians 3, chapter, uh, chapter 3, verse 15 says, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of these things. Let me just pause. Okay, what is he referring to when he says everybody should take a mature view of all these things? He's referring to what he said earlier in chapter 3 where he's talking about, you know, everything that I consider gain in my life, it's, it means nothing compared to Jesus. He says something like in verse 10 that, you know, compared to Jesus, nothing else matters. Verse 12, he says, I'm not perfect. I haven't arrived. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep pressing on. Verse 13, he says, in fact, I'm just going to forget about the past. I'm going to focus on what lies ahead. So he's saying, in view of those things, everybody should take a mature view. And if at some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. And here's the verse I want to look at. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Let's live up to everything that we've already attained. When I think of this verse, I see Paul as being a 100% kind of person, the kind of person that you probably talk about as it relates to other people, and maybe it describes you. You're the kind of person that when you get involved in something, like you go all in. You're not a halfway person. You're not half committed. You're the kind of the person that when I, when I do something, I give it my very best. I go all in. And that was Paul. And he has a way of calling out people to follow his example specifically as it relates to following Jesus. That in following Jesus, it's not a Sunday thing. It's not a categorized thing. That it's every day, it's all day. It's Jesus reflected in everything that I do, every conversation I have, every activity I'm involved in, that I don't want to live any aspect of my life as though I'm an atheist. And I'm afraid that even in my own life, I wonder, like, I wonder if in this situation I've actually been living as though I don't even believe in God because in this area of my life, it's not that like I'm sinning, it's just that I, I don't acknowledge that the Lord's a part of this thing and I live no differently than someone who may be an atheist. Paul says that I am going to give it 100% of my being. Now, there's nothing that matches the feeling of knowing that you've given Something important, a hundred percent. Some many of you know what I'm talking about. You you give something your very best, and it feels good. You know that you laid it all on the line, you put it all on the table, and you went for it, and you did your very best. In fact, 
Even if you, like in a sports metaphor, if you put it all on the table, you lay it all out, you do your very best, and you lose the game or you lose the match, inwardly you feel good because you know that you gave it your very best, and win or lose, you're walking away from that event as though I feel good about myself. And you may know what it feels like to not give it 100%, and you still wiped up you know, your competition, but you don't feel as good because you know you didn't have to really give it your very best. So what I want to focus on in this message that's going to drive us to this altar where we're going to be praying and taking communion and spending 20 minutes or so of just focus on the Lord and recommitting ourselves 100% to this walk of Christ and this journey at North Central I want us to look at this verse in verse 16. Only live up to what we've already attained. I want to give you three focuses for next week. As you think about next week and take the break, decompress, disconnect, whatever you need to do to get that breather that you deserve, I'd encourage you to think of three things. Number one, Protect the gains that you've made. Verse 16, only let us live up to what we've already attained. The word live up is the Greek word that means to just keep walking in step. Keep your life in order. Continue, continue to make advancements. Now, next week you don't have to make any academic advancements. Maybe some of you have some homework. Maybe some of you have some assignments whatever the case may be, but it's a different rhythm and it's not as intense as it regularly is. But don't lose your momentum. Protect the gains that you've made those thus far. When he talks about that which you've already attained, he's talking about momentum. 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 Momentum is one of the great friends of human development. Think of it. Momentum is that which helps you to take the next mountain, to get over the next hump, to, to conquer the next class, to get the next assignment done. Momentum. And all of you have generated some academic momentum. And I'm hoping that you've generated, or the Lord has generated, some spiritual momentum in these first seven weeks. Next week, protect your gains. Number two. Number two, you need to be thinking about your examples. Pick your, the good examples. He says in verse 17, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters, and just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who also live as we do. Who are the people in your life that have been examples for you, who've been inspiring you to give it your very best? Some of you are athletes on sports teams. And on every athletic sports team, there's usually a captain that's been voted on by all the, all the athletes. And you know what's interesting about a lot of athletes who get nominated and voted to be the captain of the team? Sometimes they're like the best player on the team, but not necessarily. In fact, the criteria for most to, to get that role of captain on a sports team is not to necessarily be the best player, but it's to be the most inspiring player who's always giving it 100%. So who's been inspiring you this semester, both academically, but also maybe more importantly, who's been inspiring you in your walk with Jesus, in your walk with the Lord? Think about that individual. Thank God for that individual. And I'd ask you to consider, are you that person that someone else is going to be thinking about? Who have you been the example to? Who have you been 
like reaching out to and and when you're not wanting to give it a hundred percent on a given day you remember there's other people watching me i'm their example so make sure that you are picking the right examples and then lastly as i bring this to a close prepare to compete prepare to compete in the metaphor of sports we need opponents we need someone we need a team to play against we need to battle against an opponent because when we have an opponent, it draws out the best in us. And the more fierce our opponent is, the more our potential rises to the surface. So Paul writes in verse 18, For as I have often told you before and now tell you again with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, for their God is their stomach, their glory is in their shame, and their mind is set on earthly things. There's something worth continuing to give 100% for. Your spiritual development, your academic development, your overall emotional development and maturity. But there's an enemy, the enemy of our souls, and maybe not specifically the devil himself, but there's a spirit of mediocrity that would just love to embed itself that when you come back, you just kind of coast the rest of the semester. And I'd encourage you, fight against that opponent and be inspired by a person like Paul or whoever would be a great example in your life that I'm going to give it my very best. I'm going to close with this quote that comes from Theodore Roosevelt that comes from a long paper that's called The Man in the Arena and the short part of it is really powerful. He says this, it's not the critic who counts, not the person who points out how the strong competitor stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the person who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred with dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly. Yes, who errs. Yes, who comes up short again and again. Because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends themselves in a worthy cause, and who at best in the end triumphs in high achievement, and who at worst, if they fail, at least fails while daring greatly so that their place shall never be with those cold, timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat. I want you to stand with me as we transition to 20 minutes, 20 minutes of saying, Holy Spirit, I want to be 100%. I want to commit my life to you again to be 100%. Some of you in your walk with the Lord maybe have made some compromises or you've become a little bit apathetic and no shame because Jesus doesn't bring shame, but he does bring the Holy Spirit's conviction to draw us up to that level of 100% all in. Holy Spirit, what are you saying to these students as they look forward to the next 
six, seven, eight days of less academic study and just disconnecting and getting a breather. Lord, what are you saying to them about the week after next and coming back and giving it their very best for the second semester and their assignments and their projects? Lord, what are you saying to them? God, you are raising up students who are going to change the world and it won't happen through students who only give it 90%. It'll happen through students, through faculty, through staff, through all of us who are giving it 100%. We're not afraid of failure. We're afraid of one day when it's all done and we've got regrets because we know we didn't give it our best. So Lord, challenge us, encourage us. Give us a great rest this week, but give us that great enthusiasm to go all in with you, I pray in your name. Amen. The worship team is going to lead with some music. Over here, Pastor Joshua is going to lead communion. Groups of of U.S. students, why don't you come on up and receive communion. We've got uh, faculty and staff that are going to be over here. We've got oil over here for anointing for those who are sick that need a healing, a miracle in their life. And then just general faculty and staff will be available up here to pray for you. I really want to encourage you. Chapel's not over. We've got 18 minutes before we get to 11.50 or 11.40. Uh, let's, let's, let's ring out as much as we can in these last section of this chapel to find God and let him find us. Would you step from your, where you're seated? Would you come to the front? Would you find either a place for communion, a place of being prayed for? Faculty, staff, come on up right away so that the students can see you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We want to give nothing but 100% of ourselves to you. And we know, God, that in our offering of ourselves, God, you're going to come in like a flood and you're going to strengthen us and you're going to restore us and you're going to heal us and you are going to prepare us and you are going to do great and mighty things that otherwise never would have happened in our life because we were willing to give it all to you. It might just, some of these students might feel like Their 100% just feels like a little boy's lunch. It's not much. They don't feel like they're much. But God, by giving it all to you, you will make their life a powerful force. So I pray for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah.